Chapter Six of *The Silver Princess in Oz* by Ruth Plummy Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six: The Other Side of the Desert. Remembering the deadly and destroying nature of the sands below, Randy did not dare to look down. Besides, holding on took all his strength and attention for Kabumpo was borne like a leaf before the howling gale, faster and faster and faster, till he and Randy were too dazed and dizzy to know or care how far they had gone or where they were blowing to. Which was perhaps just as well, for as suddenly as it had risen the gale abated, and coasting down the last high hill of the wind, saved from a serious crash only by his faithful tarpaulin, which now acted as a parachute, Kabumpo came jolting to earth. With closed eyes and trunk held stiffly before him, the elegant elephant remained perfectly motionless, awaiting destruction and wondering vaguely how it would feel. He was convinced that they had come down on the desert itself. Then, as no fierce blasts of heat assailed him, he ventured to open one eye. Randy, shaken loose by the force of the landing, had rolled to the ground a few feet away, and now, jumping to his feet, cried joyously, "'Why, it's over, Kabumpo, over, and so are we. Oh, I never knew you could fly, old Push-the-Foot.' "'Neither did I,' shuddered the elegant elephant, and jerking off the waterproof he flung it as hard and as far as he could. "'Oh, don't do that!' Randy dashed away to pick it up. That good old coat saved our bacon and ballooned us across the desert as light as a couple of daisies. "'But we're no better off on this side than on the other,' grumbled Kabumpo, surveying the barren countryside with positive hatred. "'Not a house, a field, a farm, or a castle in sight.' "'The idea was to get away from castles, wasn't it?' Randy grinned up at his huge friend, and, folding the waterproof into a neat packet, tucked it back in its place. "'Well, there's one thing about castles,' observed the elegant elephant, giving his robe a quick tug here and there. "'At least the food's regular. I could eat a royal dinner from soup to napkins.' "'Give me a boost up that tree and I'll have a look around,' proposed Randy. "'Need a spy-glass to find anything worth looking at in this country,' complained Kabumpo, lifting Randy into the fork of a gnarled old tree. Shinnying expertly up the rough trunk, Randy looked carefully in all directions. "'We certainly cleared the desert by a nice margin,' he called down gaily. "'It's at least a mile behind us, and toward the east I see a cluster of white towers that might be a castle.' "'And nothing between?' mourned Kabumpo with a hungry swallow. "'No fields, orchards, or melon-patches?' "'There are fields, but they're too far away for me to see what's growing. And there's a forest, too. What country is this, Kabumpo, do you know?' "'Depends on how we blew,' answered the elegant elephant, lifting Randy out of the tree and tossing him lightly over his shoulder. If we blew straight from headland, which is certainly the northwestern tip of the Gillikin country of Oz, we should be in no land. 
If we blew slantwise, this would be Ix. Then I hope we blew slantwise, Randy spread himself out luxuriantly behind Kabumpo's ears. For if we are in Ix, we have only one country to cross before we reach Ev and Jenneke's castle. And the sooner we start, the sooner we'll arrive, agreed Kabumpo, swinging into action. But if I drop in my tracks, boy, don't be too surprised. I'm hollow as a drum and weak as a violet. Too bad we're not like the headman, said Randy, who felt dreadfully hollow himself. Without a body, I suppose one does not feel hungry. Wonder what became of them, anyway. Who cares? sniffed Kabumpo, picking his way crossly through the rocks and brambles. They probably blew about for a while, but with ears like sails, what's a gale of wind or weather? Oh, what's that I see yonder? A farmer? No, just a hat stuck on a pole to scare away the crows, Randy told him after a careful squint. But nothing grows in the field but rocks, so why do they bother? Did you say a hat? Kabumpo's small eyes began to burn and twinkle, and, breaking into a run, he was across the field like a flash. Kabumpo! gasped Randy as the elegant elephant snatched the hat from the pole and took a huge bite from the brim. Surely you're not going to eat that old hat. Why not? demanded the elegant elephant, cramming the rest of the hat into his mouth and crunching it up with great gusto. It's straw, isn't it? A little old and tough to be sure, but nourishing and anyway better than nothing. Almost strangling on the crown, Kabumpo glanced sharply across the field, then looked apologetically back at the young rider. "'Great gooseberries,' he muttered contritely. "'I'm sorry as a goat. Why, I never saved you even an edge.' "'Oh, never mind,' choked Randy, holding his sides at the very idea of such a thing. "'Even if I were starving, I couldn't eat a hat.' But look, old Push the Foot, isn't that a barn showing over the top of that hill? Barn? wheezed Kabumpo, lifting his trunk joyfully. Why, it is so. Ho, this is something like. And hiccuping excitedly, from the effects of the hat, no doubt, Kabumpo went galloping over the brow of the little hill. A pleasant valley dotted with small farms stretched out below. Randy was relieved to note that its inhabitants were usual-looking beings like himself. Children rode gleefully on wagons piled high with hay. Farmers in wide-brimmed yellow hats, rather like those worn by the Winkies and Oz, worked placidly in the fields. Everyone seemed contented, calm and happy, that is, until Kabumpo, delighted to find himself again in a land of plenty, came charging down the hill, trumpeting like a whole band of music. "'Oh, too bad you frightened them nearly out of their wits,' mourned Randy, hanging on to Kabumpo's collar to keep his balance, as the elegant elephant, forgetting his elegance, made a dash for the nearest hayrick. "'Help! Ha! Stop! Now see what you've done!' To tell the truth, the havoc ensuing was not all Kabumpo's fault. No one in this tranquil valley of Ix had ever seen an elephant before. 
and the sight of one rushing down upon them was so unnerving and strange they fled in every direction, leaping into barns and houses, and barring and double-barring the doors against this terrifying monster. Horses hitched to their hay-wagons cantered madly east and west, and the air was filled with loud shrieks, nighs, and the bellows of stampeding cattle. "'Such dummies!' panted Kabumpo, coming to a complete standstill. "'Well,' he gave a tremendous sniff, "'if they don't want to meet a king, a prince, and the most elegant elephant in Oz, what do we care? I've invited myself to breakfast anyhow, and they can like it or kabump it. Just wait till I load away one stack of this hay, my boy, and I'll find you a breakfast fit for a king and traveler.' and the elegant elephant was as good as his word. After tossing down a great mound of new-mown hay, he swaggered over to the nearest farmhouse. Pushing in the kitchen window with his trunk, he handed up to Randy everything the little farmer's wife had on her kitchen table—a bowl of milk, a pat of butter, a loaf of bread, a cold half-chicken, and three hard-boiled eggs. "'Do control yourself, madam.' he advised, as the palpitating little lady flattened herself against the opposite wall. These pearls will more than pay for your provisions. Afraid to touch the lovely chain Kabumpo placed on the table, the little Ixy watched with round eyes as Kabumpo backed away. "'Oh, I guess that will give her something to tell her grandchildren,' snorted the elegant elephant. Randy was too busy taking rapturous bites, first of bread and then of chicken, to answer. "'Why is it that everything tastes so much better when you are traveling?' he remarked a bit later, as he finished off the rest of the chicken and put the bread, butter, and eggs away for his lunch. "'Cause we're hungry, I suppose,' smiled Kabumpo, crossing another field. "'And then there's the novelty.' Recalling the straw hat with a little chuckle, Kabumpo winked back at his young rider. "'But now that we've breakfasted, I think we'd better be moving. I see some of these farmers gathering up their courage and their pitchforks, and I'm too full to fight.' Pooh, they couldn't hurt us,' boasted Randy, stretching out comfortably. "'I rather wish they hadn't run off, though. I'd like to ask them something about the country. And you know, Kabumpo, I've never ridden on a hay-wagon in all my life, and I'd sort of like to try it." "'That's the worst of being a king,' observed Kabumpo, walking carefully around a brown calf. "'You miss a lot of the common and ordinary pleasures. Hmm, hmm, let's see now. All the horses have run off, but there's still a heap of hay about. So why shouldn't you have a ride?' "'Without any wagon?' inquired Randy, looking wistfully at the largest of the haystacks. "'Why not?' puffs Kabumpo, and lifting Randy hurriedly down from his back, he rushed at the haystack, burrowing into it with tusk, feet, and trunk, till he was in the exact center. Then heaving up with his back and forward with his trunk, he pushed till his head stuck out the other side. "'Come on!' he grunted triumphantly. "'You'll not only have your hayride, but I'll have my lunch.' 
throwing Randy to the top of the load, the elegant elephant looking far from elegant, set off at a lumbering gallop, carrying the haystack right along with him. At sight of his prize haystack apparently running away by itself, the outraged owner stuck his head out of the window and screamed, but that did not bother Kabumpo. The load was but a feather's weight to him, and with the young king of Regalia dancing and yelling on the top, he swept merrily through the startled valley. Those at the lower end, who had not seen Kabumpo arrive, now catching sight of a load of hay moving off by itself, simply fell against fences and barn doors, blinking and gulping with astonishment, too stunned and shocked to return the gay greetings of the nonchalant young Gillikin riding the load. Kabumpo, sampling stray wisps as he ran, and peering out comically from under the hay, enjoyed to the utmost the sensation he was causing. "'Make a wish, my boy!' he shouted exuberantly. "'It's awfully lucky to wish on the first load of hay.' "'Then I wish we would reach the Red Jen's castle before night,' decided Randy. "'And wouldn't Jenicky laugh if he could see us now? Did you leave a pearl for the hay, Kabumpo?' "'Certainly,' retorted the elephant, speaking rather stuffily through the haystack. "'We're travelers, not thieves. Hi, what's ahead, my lad?' This load has shifted a bit over my left eye, and I can scarcely see out of my right." "'A dry riverbed,' called Randy, bouncing up and down with the keenest enjoyment. "'Go slow, old push-the-foot, or you'll lose your lunch.' "'Not on your life,' puffed the elegant elephant. "'I'll stop and eat it first. Ho, hey, foot, straw, foot, any foot will do. Down the bank and up the bank, and now how is the view? Elegant, breathed Randy, grinning to himself at Kabumpo's verses. More fields, meadows, forests, everything. But even so, I smell sulfur. Kabumpo moved his trunk slowly from side to side. Something's burning, my lad, and close at hand, too. Why— it's a horse, Randy's voice cracked from the sheer shock of the thing, and coming straight for us, too. Wait, stop, hold on. No, maybe you'd better run. Great Gillikins, it's smoking. A pipe, inquired Kabumpo, trying to see through the fringe of hay that was obscuring his vision. And what if it is? <laughs> Am I the elegant elephant of Oz? to run away from a mere and miserable equine. But this horse, squealed Randy, sliding headfirst off the haystack, this horse is different. Oh, really, really, Kabumpo, I think we'd better run. Never. Pushing the hay off his forehead with his trunk, Kabumpo looked fiercely out. Then, with a start that dislodged half the load, he began backing off as rapidly as he could, dragging Randy along by the tail of his coat. End of chapter 6